you never hear about an animal STD. Koala. The amount that you hear about koalas with chlamydia. Koalas be fucking yo. Yo, koalas be raw dogging. Hey man, I heard you're going out with that girl this week. Backwards cap. Hey man, I heard you're going out with that girl this week. That koala, that sweet, sweet koala chick this weekend. Man. Oh yeah, I give her six thumbs up. <laughs> She's been around the rainforest, dude. I'm telling you, you need to take one of these. And it's just a little, <laughs> just the tiniest little rubber. Man, hey, I better take two. And then his other little <laughs> thumbs grab the other one. Do you know how to put that on? Nope. Here, I'll show you right now with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Kite Club Podcast with Jonathan Kite. With me always in the studio is my best friend, Mr. Seth Shapiro. What's going on, everybody? And we have Emmy and Ben in the booth. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining us today. The first rule of Kite Club is tell everybody about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everybody about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe. Please leave us a comment, leave us a review, tell your friends, tell everybody. really helps us out. We thank you so much for those of you who have done it, and we're shaming those of you who have not. Just uh, uh, quick dates out of the way. I'm going to be in Austin this weekend, uh, May 26th through June 1st. Come out and see me. I got tons of shows, and I'm going to be at the Tempe Improv June 29th through July 2nd. Go to JonathanKiteComedy.com for all the links, dates, information, updates, all that fun stuff, nudes. Uh, <laughs> let's get to it, man. How, how was your weekend? Good? My weekend was great, man. We went to go visit uh, my wife's family uh, down in Orange County. Saw the, uh, saw the mother-in-law, saw the brother-in-law and sister-in-law and a few other cousins and uncles. And uh, my, you know, my son got to spend some time with uh, relatives that he doesn't get to see that often. So that he won't remember anyway. Yeah, he well, well, he likes saying their names. Like he thinks the word uncle is really funny. So whenever we talk about Uncle Todd or Uncle Dick, he just starts cracking up. Not from the dick part yeah. yet, because we haven't told him. But Not yet. Yeah, he just likes saying the word uncle and laughing. Isn't that great? Like I, I don't, I don't think that that happens in life. Other than like if you're under the influence of something, that you just say a word and start chuckling. Yeah, yeah. If you're, yeah, you, your your son is high. Yeah, super high. <laughs> I don't have a family in town or anywhere that I know of, uh, but certainly hit us up at Kite Club Podcast if uh, I need to take a blood test. But I saw the the movie Air. Dude, dying it, to see that it movie. It finally came out on Amazon. And so Air, to me, was a, a big deal. I gr grew up outside of Chicago. We both did. And we grew up uh, pretty, uh, not, I wouldn't say poor, poor, but um, we could never afford Air Jordan shoes. And Nine the story is so interesting because it's essentially about how Nike took off because of Michael Jordan. And the cool thing about it was when we were kids, that's all we wanted. I never wanted a pair of Converse or Adidas, you know, despite the tracksuits or whatever. The but it's so interesting because I remember what a cultural explosion that was. And mm -hmm. the, the the kids that I knew, they all had them, and it was it, it became like the thing to get from everybody. I mean, any pair of shoes that people will literally kill each other for, they have to have some type of you know value. Yeah. Or perceived value. Yeah, anyway. how do serial killers not have shoes? <laughs> well, they just uh, you know, slice the feet. The Dahmers. Yeah. They make their own shoes yeah, out I was, of the feet. Yeah, they're Frankensteins. All the shoe surgeon, that's actually yeah, it's a Ted Bundy. Yeah, that sucks. Like every person that you have to kill when you're a serial killer, like you have to gauge if their feet are going to fit you. The Buffalo Bill is just you taking the skin off of a shoe and then putting it on your other shoe. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. That's going to take off. Yo, have you seen that dude's new uh, pair of bills? The, the, yeah, the, the, the air uh, leather face. <laughs> and and uh, but but it was crazy because Phil Nate, Phil Knight, excuse me, was such an interesting guy. I did love the movie. I thought it was way better. I, I thought it was going to be a good movie. I thought, it, but it wound up being a great movie. But I do think that Phil Knight is such an interesting person that I almost think that there should have been a mini series about him, mm -hmm. like a limited series on an HBO or something. And the Michael Jordan story should have been one of the chapters because mm -hmm. I really, for a guy to come on the scene as fast as he did and as mm -hmm. strong as he did from all the running shoes and going to Japan and seeing the tigers and then uh, the waffle iron, which wound up being the bottom, the sole of his running shoes. There's so much there. And obviously they did pre Fontaine. Now wait, was that, was that stuff in the movie? Or are you saying this is stuff you happen to know about Phil Knight? 
Knight. This is stuff I know about Phil Knight. Oh, okay. So there's there, so there's a movie or a limited series there just about Phil Knight is what you're saying. There, there should, should be. be. There should be. Yeah. And I just think that how it developed and grew and how Nike has become synonymous with, I mean, obviously Jordan, but but there's there's such a story there because the other ones were so much older and they had so mm-hmm. much more momentum behind them. And I think that this could have been, I mean, I still thought it was a great movie, but I thought it could have been an amazing movie yeah. where that, or, or at least limited series where you sort of, you know, catap- you know it, this was like the catalyst of it all. Mm-hmm. I also watched the Anna Nicole Smith doc. Oh yeah, that just dropped. Yeah, so I, I know very little about Anna Nicole Smith, so I should probably watch that. If I mean, well, was it interesting? Was I do it- think it was interesting, but I but I think that there's something very interesting about the end of it, where you where there really is a sort of like an M Night Shyamalan twist to it uh-huh. of information that I didn't know that her career was dead the whole time. That she was right. That she was. Uh, not, I was going to say a man the whole time. Uh-huh. That that was the biggest. That it's a, uh, it's amazing how many lives though that she had because she grew up in Texas. Then she came out here. She had the whole guest campaign. She had all this stuff going on, uh, and then she fell off. And then she had all the the diet supplements that she endorsed. And then she had her MTV show that was pretty incredible. And I just think that there's like it, there's a lot to know about somebody who lived such a short life. That mm-hmm. she really and the ups and downs, and I don't want to ruin anything about the end of it. But the thing, but one thing that I learned is from the doc is when. So for those of you who don't know, she was trying to um, get. She was with a billionaire who had promised her half of his fortune. I mean, well, she's like the poster child of like the young, hot, famous woman who's with a hundred year old guy. Right. He was ninety, but yes. But I, I mean, he looked one hundred fifty if he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the crypt keeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was the worst tales of the crypt that that experience. But the thing is, like, you you sort of understand both sides of it, and you know, obviously, she's been called a lot of things. But it's interesting because what you find out from the doc is that she paid a lot of the paparazzi to be there. So once. He passed away, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, that she went to court to fight for that money and she needed it to, for sort of the exposure. Mm-hmm. And so we think about it now about how we could just tap in to tell like, you know, we're going to be at the airport or whatever. She was paying because she was everywhere in the early 2000s, like late 90s. I mean, she was the cover girl. It felt like of the world. Yeah. And there was a legitimacy to her because it, it wasn't like, what did she get famous for? Well, she was a supermodel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and she, she was, was in movies. Yeah, she was in movies. You know that she was offered the part of Cameron Diaz's role in um, in uh, uh, the, mask, the Mask, but they were only mm. going to pay her fifty thousand dollars. Oh man, that was what they offered. And she's like, "I'm just going to bone this old guy for a while." Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to bone that mask. I'll pass. Yeah. How many arcs of the Covenant did that guy look at? Oh, dude, five at least. I think that we could have replaced him with a wax sculpture. None the wiser. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that yeah, that was his O face. <laughs> Oh man! Um, oh man is right. Well, that oh god, I'm coming. Oh, it's actually god. him dying. He, yeah, he was coming to the grave. He was. <laughs> yeah, he, I see the light. Um, I mean, they don't talk about sex, but I I can only imagine that guy. I mean, she never was going to get pregnant. There's just dust down there, <laughs> nut dust. Um, that how that was, bro. I, yeah. Nut dust right now doesn't have a celebrity endorsement. I'm no. putting it out there right now. I will like, be the celebrity that, endorsement. That sounds like a kid's candy. Like in a joke shop, you know, in a Spencer's Gifts. Just like sprinkle a little nut dust? Yeah, a little nut dust. Or that feels like Gold Bond with Viagra in it. Right. Put some of this, uh, yeah, Put bag your uh, bag up with nut dust. Bag up. Nut, nut dust. dust. Um, they also announced that there's going to be a Beetlejuice 2. So they announced it yeah. a while ago, but Winona Ryder is going to is signed on to play Lydia Dietz. Very cool. Ironically, it's going to be Michael Keaton who steals the show. Absolutely. Come on. Get Come out. On. Come on. So, right. One other writer was a thief. and uh, She'll steal the set. She stole our hearts. So the thing about Beetlejuice that always was crazy to me, I watched the movie at least once or twice a year. It's one of my favorite films. One of the best. So Beetlejuice, the character, is only in about 20% of the, of the movie. But Michael Keaton is so magnetic and charismatic as an incredibly unlikable character, especially by today's standards. That obviously the film is named after him. And if you haven't seen this movie, it is about a demon, Beetlegeist, a, a, a demon, a spirit, a sort of a ghost that is haunting a family with the intent of having a child bride in Lydia Dietz. That's what he wants in return. Yeah. 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 And he is, he's suddenly, he's killing the undead around him so that he can marry this 15 year old girl. He would have been, he would have been canceled like, in his first scene, in his first line, they would have been like, that's it, you're done. Crazy enough, Jeffrey Jones, who plays the father, <laughs> oh, is a pedophile, oh, and that's why he oh, did the Jeffrey movie. Jones. 
He's like, dude, if I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this ghoulish pedophile film. No one will be the wiser. He's like, so there's a there's a 16 year old actress in it. All right, I'm in. He read the script. Yeah, no, he didn't read the script. He goes, so somebody marries a 16 year old. I don't even know if I'm yeah. playing it. I, just I don't wanna, care. I just want to be a part of it. I want to be in the person. Sometimes you just want to be in the. Yeah, you just want to be around great things. I just want to stand up at the wedding. Can I stand up? I don't even have to be a groomsman. Just a, an usher. And the crazy thing about that that is so here's that was a kids movie. Yeah. We saw that in the theater as kids. When you go to Universal Studios right now, there is a Beetlejuice character running around and no one paid him to be there. Yeah. Universal can't quite figure out who they want their characters to be. Yeah. Like they own a lot of properties, right? And they're like, do we want to be the Beetlejuice characters? Simpsons is probably a good way to go. They have some Simpsons going on. They're now like neck deep in minion territory. But even so, like there's nothing as universal as like all the Disney characters or like. Um, no, I don't even know what Universal you know. owns. Well, all the movies. That no, I know. But, you're, right. you're, but you're you like, don't know offhand. Yeah. Is right. that Paul Giamatti from the earthquake movie? <laughs> Just a guy running around. Happy to see me. Yeah. I'll take pictures with the kids. <laughs> How is Paul Giamatti not up for, it's for actually Beetlejuice? Jeffrey, it's like Jeffrey Jones dresses Paul Giamatti. He, that's 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 his community service. <laughs> he, he's got it, but it's crazy enough that Beetlejuice. I mean, I love it. I, I think it's one of the best movies ever. Not for kids, but not really. for kids. And the fact that they're going to do a sequel, yeah. I mean, that's gonna come out. Yeah, like like there's a scene in Beetlejuice where he goes to a demonish uh, brothel. Right. Yeah. And I don't think I got that when I was a kid. I was like, oh, it's a place with like sexy demon chicks. But yeah. I didn't get that they were working girls for much. Like that's got to suck to die and, and go to hell. And then your damnation is you have to continue to be a prostitute. Yeah, that's not the life that you chose. No, that's not the afterlife. Well, somebody. You chose. I mean, we're pro sex worker on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shame. Not not shaming. Maybe at all. they did but, choose to do that. My favorite is the waiting room. Doesn't he put his hand on the girl's leg and then she removes it? No, no, no. Who's he, split in half. She's split in half. The legs are on one side no, no, of him. No, that's what I mean. And the head's on the other side. Right. She grabs a leg and then she slaps him on the right, other side. Right, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like he's assaulting women in a waiting room. Yeah. There's uh, no stopping Beetlejuice, guys. Yeah. You can do when, Slap when, him three times and he'll appear. When you're the his un- boner appears. <laughs> when you're the undead, you can do anything you want. Yeah, that was his. That, that's his defense in court. Grab by the pussy. Hey, your honor. Uh, well, he grabs himself by the pussy. Remember, he goes, nice fucking model. Honk, so, honk. Quick story about that. When that movie came out and I was six, I had a filthy mouth when I was a kid. I got in a lot of trouble swearing when I was a little kid at school, at Temple. I got, And that was like one of my favorite things to do. It's like, it's like someone would go, hey, do your Beetlejuice. And I would be like five, six years old. And i go, nice fucking model. And I'd grab my dick. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) without the just if you were to just charades that people would think you were Michael Jackson. Right. Grabbing who I was also obsessed with. Right. And he was obsessed with with you. Yeah. So it went both ways that that's the crazy the 80s. For those of you who didn't live through it, grabbing crotches was just your own was just a part of the culture. It's how you said hi. The fact, yeah, that was, hello. Oh, hello to you, <laughs> and too. And you, too. And you. Um, that's how blind people used to shake hands. <laughs> they would grab the other. Yeah, they yeah. would grab your sandworm. Right. It's Braille for nice to see you. Oh. When they... Uh-oh, only an A. Um, <laughs> a. A. What are you grabbing there? Um, but Jenna Ortega is playing Lydia Dietz's daughter. I don't think you can have a Beetlejuice remake movie or sequel, whatever, and not have Jenny Ortega in yeah. it. Yeah, she is like the goth princess at the moment. I imagine yeah. that, um, that uh, Christina Ricci will be the gardener. Right, right. Wait, did did uh, did Tim Burton do the original Adams Family movies? No, I don't think so. How weird is that? Yeah, he. I mean, I feel like that's a little too on the nose. It's too Tim Burton. Yeah. Like they came to him. He's like, yeah, come on, guys. Chadji, so obvious. The Adams Family is like right of a film in and directed in the style of Tim, of Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah, and right. then it's like here you go, Adams. Yeah, yeah. Family. Adams Family is like uh, if um, you know, if AI was given right a Tim Burton. That's what movie. I mean. Yeah, yeah, in the style of so. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's a crazy thing that because think about all the things that they're rebooting. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But this is something that I feel like people have been talking about for a very long time. I wonder if Alec Baldwin's going to do it Oh, or man. if Gina Davis is going to do it. Yeah. Or Catherine O'Hara. I you, looked at the cast list. They're, at the moment, they're it's not only those on. three. Yeah. The guy who plays Otho is dead. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, he'd be perfect. He, yep. Well, who, which, by the way, I'm not saying he's not going to be in it because they might be able to use his likeness. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he paid for it. If he was just like, whatever. <laughs> There's a Beetlejuice, too. Um, no I, one liked Otho. No, no one liked that guy. He wasn't he, he wasn't in the likable, but like the unlikable, but still likable version of that. They just. No, no everybody in that. that everybody in that film was sort of succession. They were yeah. like these unlikable rich people. Right. And then um, 
And then, uh, but it's so funny, like Beetlejuice, it's such a weird thing that it existed because it's not like, it wasn't like on trend with anything else that was happening. It just happened to be like this incredible yeah. lightning in a bottle. Well, that was back in the day when you could just have random original movies that didn't have any background at all to them. And someone's like, here's a weird, funny idea for a film. So interestingly enough, I think, and we talked about this a little bit before you and I, I think that Tom Hanks and Michael Keaton are sort of have the same careers, but inver- inverted, right? So Michael Keaton had an incredible, can we look up what hit the films he did in the 1980s? Yeah, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton had such an incredible decade in the 1980s, right? He was in Beetlejuice. He was, he played Batman. He did all these iconic characters, right? He was in the dream team and he's an incredible so actor. So funny, man. And, and. And Tom Hanks did all these like screwball comedies, right? He did like Volunteers, Joe versus the Volcano, The Burbs, Splash. And then in 1989 or whatever that Tom Hanks did big and and Michael Keaton did Batman, their careers kind of flipped because I could really see a lot of the roles that that Tom Hanks did in the 90s that Michael Keaton could have done. But he took a completely different path. He was doing like Jack Frost in the 90s. Yeah, man. Early it, it the the. Projects that Michael Keaton picked in the 90s was as if he was trying to kill his career. I mean, well, they were just, they, they felt like cash grabs. Yeah. I don't, they were just smaller things. Well, I liked My Life, dude. My, My Life was life? amazing. Oh, that's a tearjerker. Yeah, man. but that was what, yeah. 90 or 91? 93. Ooh, but then later after than I that, Oh, and dude, you know what's a really underrated comedy? Multiplicity. Multiplicity. So funny, Incredible. man. But, yeah, but other than that, he just had, well, yeah, let's see, Jackie Brown, but he didn't have, a, you know, Desperate Measures. Yeah, I mean, he's Jack always Frost. a great actor, but it's like a weird thing that when things get offered to you, that suddenly yeah. after Tom Hanks was nominated for Big, he was in Philadelphia, then obviously Forrest Gump. I mean, he really, it, it, it was... Was a and he's never effect. stopped. He's there, never stopped. There, there isn't more than like two years that go by that uh, that Tom Hanks isn't in like a major vehicle. Yeah, that, he was in like Pacific Heights and, and one Earl? good cop. No, I'm talking about oh, yeah. uh, uh, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. That he sort of, I mean, in, in the 90s, oh, he was in the paper. And the these paper. were great films, mm-hmm. but they just didn't have that, the, the cachet, you know, like well, body shots, Jack, dude, Jack Frost is one of the, have you, when was the last time you saw the trailer for Jack Frost? When it first came out. The pitch I mean. for that movie doesn't make sense. So here's what it is, guys. Uh, so um, a musician, he's never home. And stay with me, Bob. He's never home, and he's not watching his kid grow up. So he dies and comes back as a snowman who can talk to his son. Hang on, don't hang up, don't hang don't up. Don't hang up, don't hang up in the room. Stop trying to push us out the door. Uh, it's going to be hilarious. We're a talking snowman. Yeah, I think we can get Michael Keaton. He, it's in the summer. No, no, but he, he, don't hang up. Don't hang up, don't, don't hang up. The door. No, no, no. Uh, 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 yes, there is one point when he snowboards down a mountain. And yes, obviously, we will have two snowballs. There will be a breast joke in there. Uh, what else? Uh, so, uh, oh, so you're asking me to clean out my desk by Monday? Uh, today is Monday. I'm out. Duly noted. I can't blame you, dude. It it killed so many careers. Yeah. I rewatched the trailer the other day. It, it's like, I mean, there's movies that don't make sense, and then that trailer didn't make sense. You have to wonder, like, what was happening with him that that he said yes to that project. Or I like you know. to believe because I love Michael Keaton so much that he was pitched a completely different like movie because Jack Frost <laughs> right. essentially is like he's it's about a cold the, cop right the Snowman Three yeah remember Martin Short plays him or Jack Frost you know yeah that that's you're right maybe he thought it was like he goes wait a minute where's the cop stuff he's like there's been some rewrites <laughs> there's, there's been some rewrites. <laughs> And there is a change in the writers. Slight change, slight change. There, yeah, there's been a change in the script. Yeah. Just a slight change, though. I'm surprised you even notice it. I mean, Michael Keaton, he's not even, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a voice actor, but he's, I mean, I just think that's such a ludicrous thing. And the fact that it got as far as it did, that at no point, that, that Superman with Nicolas Cage, they saw mm. one photo of him dressed as Superman, and they were like, nah, dude, we're out. That everyone kept being oh. like, this is, yeah, kryptonite. Oh, no. <laughs> um, that, that one photo that they didn't be like, I think this is going to work. It blows my mind when you see projects like that, that there are so many places along the way where someone, where someone should have spoken up to say, guys, this is That's what working. I mean. Yeah. Even in the dailies? Yeah, this isn't working yet. The tagline for the movie is, they'll fix it in post. <laughs> I mean, the idea the tagline that, is, this is a loss leader for our next project. Bro, I feel like it was money that this needed is, to be laundered. Yeah, tax write-off, the movie. Yeah, we got to get rid of this. <laughs> um, it's in a slush fund. We'll edit that out. And there was no tie-in. There was no, I mean, 
it, it's it, they think it was going to be a franchise where he just came back every season. But talk also, about a weekend dad. <laughs> but also, there were a lot of movies starting around then that were all about. Um, dads who are like really shitty and didn't spend any time with their kids, and then something magical happens to them. Yeah, the there Santa are Claus. A lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. Santa what Claus. were the other ones? Uh, liar, liar. Oh, totally. Like there are a lot of those movies. But it's funny because oh, Jingle All the Way for sure, for sure. Yeah. But it's funny that we just named Liar, Liar, which is one of the funniest movies of all time. The Santa Claus, one of the best. How I mean, in terms of great, Chris, right. I mean that is a great yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. So, like, thank God. What we're trying to say is thank God for really shitty deadbeat dads out there that we have to For keep, inspiring Hollywood. That we have to keep making that movie. But it's so funny to me that, like, they, that the Santa Claus even was like, that was the villain in Santa Claus 3 was Jack Frost. Right. And yeah. then they, they were like, sure, yeah, yeah they go, oh, so we love the title, Michael Keaton. He's like, thank God I got a two-picture deal out of this. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> so they're going a different direction. A completely different direction. Yeah. It's not, it's not a so, but by the way, I can't think of a weaker thing than a snowman. <laughs> yeah. This, this Christmas will melt your heart. I mean, so I Jack never, Frost I never saw is it. costing the studio everything. <laughs> I never saw it, but what? It's so bad. How is he supposed to He's lo- in a snowball fight with these bullies. Which is part of him. That's what's weird. It's like having a, f- a flesh fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, a little Jesus in there. <laughs> Take my flesh, drink my blood. Um, um, oh, creepier than you thought. Here's a fun little uh, fun little fact, by the way. Yeah. In Liar Liar, at the end, when he's being taken away by the uh, ambulance, yeah. that in the background, when it shows Carrie Owis and uh, Maura Tierney, mm-hmm. um, Jim Carrey does a quick cameo, like a three-second cameo way in the background as an extra as Fire Marshal Bill. Oh, I remember that. I had no idea. I saw it the other day. On the For night. sure. That's that amazing. Cool? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have picked up Pickleball. That's like a big thing that I that I do on the weekends, and uh, some of my buddies are actually getting pretty good at it. And it's sort of took me down a wormhole of all of these sports that are catching on. And something that you introduced me to last night mm-hmm. was tech ball, bro. Tech ball at T E Q B A L L. Yeah, it's a cross. If a tequila does not sponsor them, bro, yeah, major, you're fail. leaving money on the table. Although I, ha- you have to be extra super sober to pull it off. Here's the the bad thing about this game. So it's a curved ping pong table. Yeah. And instead of having a paddle and a small ball, there's like a small soccer ball, and you kick the soccer ball or use your body like a soccer player. You just can't use your hands. Just or can't arms. use your hands. Yeah. Onto the other side of the table, like in a ping pong ball, and it's it's teams of two, right. like a volleyball match. Yes, so you try to kick it as hard as you can, and then like the first person on the other team, they're just trying to save it, right? Like in volleyball, they get three, don't they? I think they get three, three volleys, three hits, and then they yeah. have to hit it over. And there's but, no net, so you know. So it's really, really hard. But so that's the thing is, a game like that will never take off because you have to be a proficient. The entry level is yeah. too high for skill sets. You have to be a proficient soccer player as it is just to try that game out. Yeah, yeah, but it's. It's incredible all these new sports that are coming up because I remember and it's it's really a generational thing because I feel like when we were younger, um, dodgeball was such a big thing. I, I mean, obviously, dodgeball, the man. movie, they're trying to do a sequel to that one, too, with Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn really? just signed on. Wow. So yeah. movies help this stuff. And, and I. I've said it since when I saw Pickleball, I go, there needs to be a Pickleball movie. Mm-hmm. Because for a while, I mean, it Dodgeball was, was something really fun. I'm sure someone's working on it. Yeah, me. <laughs> um, it's copyrighted. It's ours. It's, it's ours. ours. It's ours. We, we said it first. We're bringing, it's, 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 it, the character is Jack Frost. Hear me out. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't hang up on us. Don't hang up on us. Don't hang up on us. Hollywood. Um, um, but what's great about Pickleball, as opposed to Tech Ball, is that anyone can play that. Yeah. It's super easy to learn, and you can get really good at it, like you know, like tennis or like, um, yeah, like a lot of like a lot of racket sports. Yeah, you know? but there the level when you play somebody Racketball. great, right? Mm-hmm. When you play somebody great, though, you I get mean, your ass kicked. It's the because it, the thing about pickleball is it's so deceiving mm-hmm. that you're oh you just stand in one position. Right. It has a silly name, and you can sort of do it, and then you play got people that are good, and holy hell, are it's these like, guys amazing? It's like stand up comedy. People are like, oh, you're just standing up there and talking. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah, shut up and hit the pickleball. <laughs> yeah. Now here's what's really fun though is like for us growing up in the burbs of Chicago. Did you play pickleball in high school? I absolutely played pickleball. We played a ton. Let me tell you why, though. Niles North, shout out, love you. You're wearing Glenbrook South, the hat. I love this hat. This is a vintage GBS hat. So Niles North, where I went to high school, so Niles West was our biggest rival. Mm -hmm. And Niles West built an indoor track. 
which was like an amazing thing because obviously the weather in Chicago is the only thing that anybody will stop bitching about. Um, so we built an indoor track at Niles North because we wanted to be the same, right? That's what you get. Well, we're getting one too, except ours was not measured properly. So you know okay. when you run around the track four times, it's the mile? Right, should this, be. This was not that. Uh-huh. So they fucked up. <laughs> and so now, so then we when we, we didn't even use it to run. So then I, the only thing I remember it being good for was pickleball courts. So that's where you guys played pickleball is where they had installed this thing. Yes, we we played. Man, we played it so much, and we had intramural leagues. We might have had intramural leagues with with other high schools, but it really picked up. But just in that area, because it was so regional. Fun fact, the reason why it's called pickleball is because in Illinois, there was a farmer who invented it. He sawed off the ends of some badminton rackets, and then he played with a small wiffle ball, made the court in the corn in his backyard on the farm, and their little dog pickles would chase the ball. And that's why it's called pickleball. And I always thought, this is an amazing game I've never heard of until high school, and then I'm like, oh, and never played it since. You know, and then it suddenly it yeah. has a huge revival here. The it's thing great. about the, the thing about pickleball is it's something that I felt like people had been playing, but sort of under wraps. Mm-hmm. Like I went out to Palm Springs one time with some friends, and the the this was really before it was taking off. The crowds, I mean, the courts were loaded with people. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was pretty yeah. unbelievable. And so you have to imagine that those people had been playing it for a long time. But there's, you know, Jamie Foxx has his own paddle company called The Best Paddle. Oh, cool. And right. LeBron, I believe, and Kevin Durant have their own pickleball teams. Dude, so That'd be so amazing if LeBron retires from basketball to do pickleball. To win... To try to be, yeah, the seniors, you know, more, yeah, and then and Jordan could play pickleball. That is the court where we finally see who's the goat. Yeah, Jordan and LeBron pickleball it off. It's a ball off, ball off. Yo, um, man, I heard you ball, man. Oh, I ball pickleball. pickleball. Um, yeah, but if Vlasic doesn't get in on this, yeah, this is crazy that there's 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 not a there's not a, a an endorsement a what, tie in there. What's crazy is that our talents are being wasted thinking of who should be endorsing it. <laughs> There's I mean, so much money to be made. I mean, you and Come I. Come on, companies, hire us, and we'll tell you what you should endorse. Um, I the, what I love about uh, sports like that that are so easy to get into is when we were growing up, there was mini golf. That was the big thing that I felt like. I mean, you know me, man. I'm a mini golf. Maven, here's dude. the thing. Little known fact about Seth: any sport that you can't that you can't make a million dollars at, you're you're the best plus one. If I had to ever mm-hmm. like. You're great at bowling. You're mm-hmm. great at pool. You're great at darts. I'm an air hockey master. You're v- I was in a league. You're a very good air hockey player. The thing about it is that that it, that you, if it takes like a nine or ten to make a living at it, yeah. you're like an eight, eight and a half. Sure. Like I think you're you are <laughs> such a pool shark that way, uh-huh. where you just short, sort of show up. But by the way, you're the guy that like in the movie, you're the hustler. Right. Right. I'm like, oh, you guys are playing Connect Four, huh? I don't know. I've never played this before. I guess I'll try it. And then what happens? Cut to you. Yeah. Um, dude, mini golf is the greatest. But I, you never saw this. But years ago, there was a professional mini golf um, tournament on ESPN. It was like the Ocho. Yeah. You know? And the whole point of the tournament was every the, the point of each hole was to get a hole-in-one. It's like either you got a hole-in-one on this crazy-ass hole or you didn't. And yeah. if, if you got a hole-in-one, you made a certain amount of money. And then at the end of 18 holes, whoever accumulated the most money wins that money plus an extra prize, and they're the winner. Right. But the two announcers, they were so serious as if they were calling an actual golf match. It's like the people that do Little League. Yeah. It's like... Well, here he is up to the uh, hole number five. And uh, statistically, Brad is not great on the fifth hole. He does better at four and six. Uh, he's better with. Uh, he tends uh, to go. Uh, uh, just, he tends to go just uh, just a birdie on four and six. And uh, he's not good with windmills. So let's see his uh, his first putt going up here. Oof. Oh, hooked it oh. just left, just left. All right, that's going to hurt him in the scores column. Let, let's cut to our uh, geometry expert in the booth to see uh, to see just really where he should have hit it. Oh, I mean, guys, it's uh, there's an angle right there, and uh, he's been practicing that shot all week. But I think with finals uh, also happening this week, it's been a little tougher on him than uh, he was predicted. He didn't get as much sleep, and uh, as you guys know, the air is a little bit thinner here now, in uh, Denver. Now, do you think that he should have maybe picked the pink ball instead of the orange? Because the neon pink, he's tended to have better luck with in the past. Uh, statistically, he does very poorly with the orange, and there seems to be a mix-up where he forgot to bring the pink ball, and uh, he's now bitching out his caddy. Let's cut away from that. That's a little disgusting and weird. 
But they do. They're they're a little too. I like my favorite thing is when they go into the personal stuff about these kids. Yeah. When you're like, he really enjoys because like the, it sounds a, a little too weird and pornographic. They're just like right on that mic. They're like, they're like yeah. he goes to bed around seven thirty every night. Yeah. He he loves warm milk <laughs> right before bed. And he wakes up to Kendrick Lamar. He sleeps on his left side, but only till about midnight. And then he's, he switches it up. He's in a bunk bed. <laughs> His his addresses. He lives in a house that's really easy to sneak a small camera into. Um, he he uses a bathroom that it's easy to sneak. <laughs> I mean, it's the creepiest. Uh, but could you imagine, like you you're you're a sports broadcaster, right? I'm a sports broadcaster. It's like so. Uh, we we really get, need to see if you guys can uh, cover this <laughs> these four year olds. And then you're like you're learning all this like personal stuff because one guy like yeah. you'd be the like, guy. Hey, yeah, you'd be on, the yeah. guy who'd be like. Um, th- th- you'd be, I'd be the color commentator. Yeah. I'd be like, you know, oh man, he's swearing. Does he, does he kiss, you know, his mom, his, his mom with that mouth? Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I feel like there'd be like, there'd have to be a meeting about there. We're like, Hey, come on in. Look, you're doing a great job out there. You're getting all the information. Great. Out. Thanks. But some of we done here. No, no, that wasn't it. This wasn't here just for a compliment. Oh, okay. Some of the facts that you're giving. Yeah, it's turning our audience off a little bit. And frankly, it's having us question how you came up with the facts. Like what? Go to the tape. So look at how look at how small those shorts are. Man, I can see everything. Right. Well, But, but talking about what he has for breakfast, lunch and dinner, talking about his sleeping habits. You know, we're looking. People more... want to know more. That's that's what social media has done to us. They want to know the person behind the ball. Is that your assessment? Is that the kind of things people want to know? I'm thinking more like, what are his hobbies? I'm a color commentator. I got nothing. Look, I know you have to fill four hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can they speed this the fuck up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, what we're saying is you're doing a great job. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, as you slide as you slide a contract over four more years. So, here, here you go. Um. And now it's time for animal news. Deep in the luscious eucalyptic forests of Australia, an urgent battle is being waged to protect one of its most beloved inhabitants, the iconic koalas known for having six thumbs and sleeping 18 hours a day, now face an unexpected threat to their survival. Who has six thumbs and is dealing with a threat to their survival? These guys. Like a frat house after rush week, their community is ravaged with chlamydia. Scientists rush to vaccinate as the STD threatens the population. The southern part of Australia thinks it will give all the koalas autism. <laughs> Man, these koalas, you never hear about an animal STD, Koala. the amount that you hear about. Koalas with chlamydia. Koalas be fucking yo. Yo, koalas be raw dogging. They need. They got s- no safe sex in uh, Australia. Well, I was gonna say they need to like send. Uh, they need to send um, volunteers into the koala community to like put on cute plays and explain to them about safe sex. You just leave the rubbers out. Now, if they want to use them, they want to use them. Hey, hey, man! I heard you're going out with that girl this week. Backwards cap. Hey, man, I heard you going out with that girl this week, that koala, that sweet, sweet koala chick this weekend, man. Oh, yeah, I give her six thumbs up. <laughs> hey, look, bro, I heard she's kind of been around the block, if you know what I'm saying. What? Yeah, she's been around the rainforest, dude. I'm telling you, you need to take one of these. And it's just a little, <laughs> just, a little. <laughs> just the tiniest little rubber. Man, hey, I better take two. And then his other little (laughs) thumbs grab the other one. Do you know how to put that on? Nope. Here, I'll show you right now with my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) These just turn for the worst. (laughs) Cut to the koala audience. Like, what is happening? It's the same. It's the same two guys from the booth. (laughs) He's like, and then I'm in the same meeting. It's a living. Yeah. So I. So look. Yeah. You're doing great. I've never questioned your work ethic. Like, can we just say that right off the bat? Thanks, man. Are we done here? (laughs) Definitely not. Okay. We just need these koalas to know how to use the condoms. We want to, we want to inspire them to use them. What's a better way to let them know than to show them ourselves? Well, we hand them a little pamphlet. We could be getting in a lot of trouble if we show them ourselves, but diagrams are okay, according to the laws. They feel like they're asleep half the time. They didn't got time for reading. I know. That's why we just, all we do is we're... We talked about this, that the other part of your job is wait till they're asleep and then you tuck a pamphlet under their armpit. Man, that, you seem that, to have forgotten that part. That, of that the feels job. a little nefarious. Well, you know, you'd think so. 
Look, how close are they getting? At these two guys getting to sleeping koalas? I'll just put that right here, like a Jehovah's Witness. I'll just put this under your windshield. I mean, that's look. I know you have four years to kill. I know that when you signed that contract for four more years, and then the show got canceled. I didn't realize this was in the contract. Well, we had to find an alternative uh, use for you. Because they're not playing mini golf year round. No, they're not. Wait, sorry, what's this part about sending me to the rainforest to teach koalas about safe sex? It's kind of a backup, uh, but (laughs) we think you're going to enjoy it, all right? Uh, It's fun down there, first of all. Uh, The food's great. The people are great. I mean, koala's not so nice. That dude. So please, when you put the pamphlet under their armpit, please wait till they're asleep. You know what's crazy about that is that they they, they have to go up and shoot up. They have to go inject these koalas. Yeah. That, they're just they, pricking they're, them in their sleep. They're vaccinated. Yeah, them that's what I'm saying. Sleep. They're vaccines. That sounds like something that anti-vax people would definitely like rally against. To be that's, like, now they're doing it in our sleep. Well, that's what I said. I go, the southern part of Australia thinks that th- these koalas <laughs> are going to have autism. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got, a, we got a lot of questions that we want to get to um, because you guys have been so great. Thank you for sending in these questions. We've been backed up for a few weeks and uh, we keep not getting them. So I wanted to focus on a bunch of them for a while here. So somebody asked an amazing question. Thank you so much. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? And I didn't have to think twice about it. There is a movie called The Guardians, which is like Russia's propaganda response to the Avengers. You have to see this fucking movie. And I've seen it in the English dub. The dubbing is off. Like, it's not even close. When did it come out? It came out, like, in the last year or so. Okay. And it's about these experiments. It's sort of X-Men meets, um, you know, uh, uh, meets Yakov Smirnov. And it's like this guy who's a who's a villain who was all in a lab with these four other people. Now, first and f- first of all, the four people that are like the, 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 the mutants or whatever or, or the superheroes, they don't have great powers. Mm-hmm. One of them can, it can is like the Hulk, and he can turn into a bear, but he only can turn half into a bear. And then at the end, you find out he's full bear. So he's just like got the torso and the arms of a bear, but he has human hands and he has guns. What do you mean he's full bear? So are you saying that his actual... That his actual ability, his superpower, is to turn into a human for part of the time. No, no, for he no, to turn into a bear for half the time. Right, but he doesn't turn into a full bear. So how is it that he's a full bear at the end? At of the, the very end, he like pushes the power more, <laughs> but it's like that that hurts him because <laughs> he can't hold things. <laughs> like, <laughs> like too far, too far. You went too far. Oh no! You should have kept your human hands so that you could have opposable thumbs. And everybody, why didn't they have a koala man? Still the six guns. So the thing is with he just gives the other people chlamydia. Yeah. But the, but the bad guy in it is this guy who can control all of the electronics in the world. And everything in, in the movie is just like as a, a serious speech where they're like, I didn't think you were coming back here. And he goes, you didn't know much about me. And he goes, oh, I knew too much about like it's that's the movie. <laughs> uh, it's two hours of that. Oh, and it's like bad graphics from like. Nintendo 64 and then one of the girls can like turn invisible the girl can turn invisible and the two guys one of the guys can manipulate rocks and then the other guy's really fast and has blades this is this is like the rambling so he's like Magneto but it's rocks instead of magnets yeah Ragnido Ragnido yeah but they all they're all they all have this sort of um it, it, every moment, every time that the, the the movie is picking up steam, it stops to be dramatic, to have a CW moment. Uh-huh. I say that we end it here once and for all. But the mouth is not up at all. He goes, Who? for Russia, we are the guardians. And then there's a lot of like camera pullback and they're just standing there for nothing, like posing in the comic book. Right. Uh, half of the movie shoot is them posing for the poster. Yeah. Yeah. The poster shows up many times in the film. <laughs> I'm watching it right now. Oh, dude, that bears. That is bad graphics, dude. Dude, it's it, horrible CGI. That is early 90s CGI. You know what that looks like? And when like? did it come out? Uh, it came out, I think, uh, 2017. Yeah, not that long ago. A lot of movies have come out. Went, like the Avengers were out. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was out. That bear, the, the quality of the effects of that bear just there. It looked like the one of the. It looked like the werewolf from Altered Beast. That's what I was saying. What's well, the Nintendo sixty four? Yeah. Killer Instinct was the game I was trying to come up with. Killer Instinct. It, it was Love just. It, it yeah. looks terrible. But I think that the people that felt like a lot of high fives after that movie. Mm-hmm. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? Man, I don't know, dude. I mean, the room is like such a cliche. Yeah, you know, choice. Not like not like great bad movies. Right. 
I don't know, man. Lucky You was a really bad poker movie. Yeah, you were telling me about that yeah, one. That was horrifically bad. There are just scenes where they're playing poker for five minutes. It's not interesting at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Man. Best worst movie ever, though, has got to be Troll 2. Yeah. Troll it's been a while 2. I've seen that, but yeah. If you have, I watched it at your house on Halloween. Mm-hmm. The, 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 so this movie was about. So the original is called Troll. The second one, it's not a troll. They're goblins. There was this Italian director that. that thinks that he's doing like his version of Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird and bad that they that they now at Almo Draft Houses, they have a bunch of um uh uh screenings of it all over oh, the country. Uh-huh. And people and then they did a documentary. So the kid who's in the movie, Michael, used to live below me. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so he uh put together a documentary called Best Worst Movie. Oh, he put that yeah. together. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, it was it was it was his movie. It was like it was really cool. And the uh and it, it but it is so ludicrous that this movie got made but it was a very small budget it wasn't like Jack Frost which was done at the studio level mm-hmm. and they're telling this guy the whole time the 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 um the uh, Italian guy who still thinks that he made a masterpiece that he is like this is the greatest movie ever made and people are and he loves that people watch it but he hates the reason why they watch it right like i'm sure you know what's his name from the room like you know deep down isn't thrilled at the time Wiesel. yeah the Wiesel, like he's probably not he's probably not f- thrilled that like people like his movie ironically because it's so bad you know? well, that was everyone Maybe. when we first moved to LA I feel like there were screenings for that everywhere in LA mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. it became big because of the movie the Garbage Pail Kids movie was really bad one of the worst movies ever made yeah I mean that movie and those cards by the way how big did those cards have to be where someone tried to make a movie off of trading cards <laughs> with disgusting babies disgusting baby trading cards the movie I mean Insane, but it was so funny because those were based off of Cabbage Patch Kids. Right. And the idea that they would like make them, dude, they have made, I mean, anything for a buck anything is, for a is, buck. is what is what how we will be remembered. I got to think Cabbage Patch Kids are going to have a movie. I hope not. Point. Just well, guy pulling babies out of the ground. <laughs> is, wait, did they actually come out of the ground? Yeah, they were they were born in a cabbage patch. Oh, that's so disturbing. They, they were like heads of cabbage. And then remember, the weird part about it was Xavier Roberts, mm-hmm. who created them, he signed all their butts. Right. Yeah, it's a weird way to, like, that reminds me of that. Uh, that Beetlejuice used to sign some of them. <laughs> that cult- the Jeffrey Jones edition. <laughs> There's that cult documentary where the guy, he uh, formed a sex cult, and all the women in the sex cult got his initials branded, like, right next to their crotch. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what it was like. Xavier Roberts, like, these are my babies. Xavier Roberts was here. He was here, and he'll be back. And he'll be back. He's coming for this baby meat. Um, Let's see. Uh, um, someone asked, what is my favorite horror movie character? Mm-hmm. I think that the, probably the most interesting one is, I mean, I think it's got to be Freddy, just because I think that they were able to make, they were able to have so much fun with the franchise mm-hmm. that they never got stale. And and like Robert Unglin, the idea that he had a sense of humor about all this stuff, and if you go back and listen, look at that original one, the tagline of Nancy doesn't sleep. Uh, if she doesn't wake up, she won't wake up at all. Up at all. I mean, it, that's and the, like there's there's so much terror in it, and yet the fact that he's so loose mm-hmm. and you know is out there just sort of like he. I mean, he's essentially Rodney Dangerfield. You know what's funny is that feels like Beetlejuice. If Rodney Dangerfield was Freddy Krueger, it would be yeah. Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> he's got all these one-liners. You know. Yeah, he was. He was the king of the one-liners, while he's killing you. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, and he, and I mean, he, I can't believe, cause you know, like the fat boys had that album or had that song. Mm-hmm. How did, how did Freddie not, dude, if Freddie came out today, he'd have a stand up special on Netflix <laughs> called just like I be killing. Yeah. Yeah. Killin'. Man of your dreams. The man of your dreams. Yeah. It was my favorite. The man of your dreams is back. Was this man of your dreams. Le- what I, about you? I thought Freddie's my favorite as well. Yeah. I had thought of a tagline that I can't believe. I thought of two for, for those moves that I can't believe they never used. I can't believe they never did like. Like, if you think you're getting out of this alive, you're dreaming. You're dreaming. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And then there was another one, but now I can't Or keep dreaming. Yeah, keep dreaming. <laughs> keep keep dreaming. dreaming. Yeah, because they're like, yeah, whatever you do, don't... Yeah, whatever you do. How does he... How was Freddie not the spokesperson for no-dos? <laughs> you don't want to see me. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to see me at finals week. <laughs> Just him out of college campus. Freddie is... He's a... Voice-wise, he's a little similar to Beetlejuice. Like, maybe they're cousins. No, I'm telling you. Right? Beetlejuice came out after... It's yeah. like it's the same type of guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, how are you? Hey, nice fucking model. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is when he hugs Alec Baldwin. And he's like, we're, we're, they're dressed the same. So you know what it is? The difference is like 
is like Freddie was more about being being um, verbally clever, and then Beetlejuice was more behaviorally wacky. So because like, of his magic, right? So if they had done a combination, it, they would have been like the I thought Billy, you were going to say a buddy comedy. Well, yeah, they would have been like the Billy Crystal and Robin Williams of horror. Ha 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 ha! Oh no, Beetlejuice would have been Robin Williams. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Beetlejuice yeah. is Robin hey, Williams. Hey man, hey man. And Freddie Krueger's like, I can't believe I got to work with this guy. Uh, I'm Schwitzin over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Or, or yeah, if you think you're waking up from this nightmare, dream on. Yeah, dream on. How did, yeah, Freddy Krueger, good thing he never sold mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Freddy. You've never slept better. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee. He, yeah, he was, the, he was the men's warehouse of mattresses. <laughs> um, yeah, he, uh, uh, you'll sleep so soundly it'll feel like you're dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. You I guarantee it. You won't realize I'm eating your guts. That would, dude. He no, but he had a lot of magic too. Remember when they were on the phone and his tongue came out? I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Dude, I mean, there was so much gold in there. Or when they took the shirt off, and there's all his little head of all yeah, the souls he's eaten. So, How did he not sell pizza? <laughs> so, <laughs> those movies gave me. If you don't get this, if we don't get this pizza here in 15 minutes, it's free. You got to be dreaming. <laughs> I um I had really really awful nightmares really awful Freddy Krueger nightmares growing up really yeah and I couldn't wake from them in my dream like I knew oh. I was dreaming and I couldn't wake from them he killed me in my dreams many times which goes to prove that it's not real in real life because I've been killed in my dreams many times wow that's yeah. amazing yeah, yeah did you see the new one with uh with Jackie Earl Haley. Oh, yeah, dude, he was great. He man. was great, but he didn't have the sense of humor. Right, that movie wasn't, well, that was part of like what a lot of remakes have been, which is like we're giving you the serious remake of this, you know, like the Fresh Prince TV show. Um, there's been, like they were even making fun of that on SNL with, oh, like, uh, yeah. with Sesame uh, Street, you know, like the real story of Oscar, you know. Like, and also, um, uh, Family Matters with Urkel. Right, right, right. So they've so that's the thing is like the remakes are the serious remakes now, but you're losing what made that movie fun. Yeah, and you can still be. That's the thing is I liked Scream. I just saw the newest Scream. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, it was great. Oh man, yeah. Got to talk about it because I mean, but it's yeah. like the idea that there needs to be humor. If things just can't be. That's what I love about Leatherface. If you ever watched the original, go back and watch. So I think probably my favorite horror movie of all time is either the original Scream or the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. Because there is such a humor about these people who are like, hello, you know, like this is like they're just sort of enjoying their lives. There's a funness. And when he's killing them and the family is so absurd and insane, they're having fun killing these kids. Yeah, it, it adds an extra level of disturbing that they're having such a good time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's go, uh, we're almost out of time here. We got a blast from the past this week in history blast from the past. Um, Johnny Carson in 1992, his last tonight show. I watched it with my family. I never watched the tonight show, but we watched his last appearance. I didn't see it live, but I've seen it since cause they've shown it. It's amazing know? that he was on for his, as and it, the height for as many years as he was. Mm -hmm. And I think it's incredible to have something like that make or break people in the fashion that it did. Mm -hmm. I think that's got to be we like we don't have something like that anymore. Yeah, you're, even when you're famous, you're like constantly treading water. Now you can have a video right. go viral, people could forget about it. You you have a bad movie, people forget about the last good one that you did. Mm -hmm. It's like what have you done for me lately? Right, you're always as good as your last project. You're only as good as your last. But project. the thing about him is the fact that people could go on there, do five minutes, and then sell out all across the country. Mm -hmm. That was the only credit you needed. Yeah. But, but like for for millions of Americans every night to be able to watch that guy while they're laying in bed, like that was the most that was the most steady, reliable rock that you could have in. Um, it was like fireside chats with FDR. Yeah. In media for, for decades. Yeah. You know, I don't think and I think because we have so many more choices now, not necessarily that it's worse quality, but like there are just so many outlets right now for like things to stream and things to watch and whatever that like you don't really have that anymore. I mean, like Jimmy Fallon, I like he's doing fine. Yeah. But, you know, but I think he, Colbert's doing better than he is. Yeah. In like, terms of the numbers, like none of those none of them are going to be canceled anytime soon. But none of them were like the number one guy that everybody is watching. Oh, yeah. The and for decades he, and the fact that he could make or break you. 
Mm-hmm. That if you did, if you had a great set there, it set you up for such a long time. If you did panel, you would sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, you think about Steve Martin and all these other people who there when there was their first, you know, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy doing the Tonight Show. Yeah, that was sort of the thing. No matter how great you were doing to do that appearance, that solidified you as like you're a made man. Now you're in, yeah, and we just don't cool. have that anymore. Mm-mm. But it's incredible. But 1992, and then Leno, obviously, and now, and then Conan for a second, and then Leno for again, a split second, yeah. I mean, that was... That was such a weird event, man. How that all went down. Anyway. Anyway. Do yeah. you have any oy vays? No oy vays this week, man. No. Well, you got an oy vey? The oy vey of the day for me is... I don't know. Write us if this happens outside of Los Angeles. I'm sure it does, but I, I'm only speaking about LA right now. Because we know we're in a bubble. You know. Yeah. We are. They, this may, I don't know how big brunch is for other people. Brunch is like the state food of Los Angeles. And I feel like people are too, they, brunch becomes a personality for people on Sundays where it's like where avocado toast is their personality and they're just, they're being like too loud at a restaurant on a Sunday morning while they're just sucking down uh, bottomless mimosas Mm -hmm. as if tomorrow will never come. And it's like, it's fine. Have a good time about it. But people are just, they're being they're just sort of venting all of their. I went to brunch yesterday, or to, and there there was a table behind us who was just so fucking loud mm-hmm. about ugh the pains of traveling and oh my god and everything was just like so much and it's like it's the idea of like oh we're the worst aren't we and then they you know fucking <laughs> shove caviar in their face yeah and it's it's, like, it's a cheerful bitch fest it's for all sure. just like oh it's just uh. all little too much and I know we're such. Oh, we're such bad people. Well, uh, you know what? I would almost, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out what's more annoying. Is the, that, that swath of people who do the brunch thing or the broiness of the Sunday fun day? Oh, it's this, I think that they're, I think it's, that Sunday fun day is probably more of a guy thing. Sunday fun day is. Of the bros. Is the bros in their 20s. And then the brunch thing is women in their 30s plus. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. so, uh, yeah. But and, same thing. We're all the same. I mean, and and yeah, ne- never the twain shall. I mean, they bleed into another. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it starts as brunch, and then the fucking beer pong table comes out. Yeah, and people and are like, Sunday yeah. Fun day. yeah. I'm like, hey, isn't Sunday your day to be with your kid? <laughs> Sunday fun day, <laughs> not this Sunday. <laughs> and, uh, negligence. <laughs> Wait, what's today? Oh shit! <laughs> I thought it was Monday fun day. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe the Urban Outfitters doesn't have a fucking line of Sunday fun day shit. <laughs> I mean, built-in diaper, bro. <laughs> I don't leave the table. I don't have to miss one second. Um, dude, Ugh. but that that is like a cold, and it's like I'm out the night before. I, I mean, I'm around, but just the level that people talk, mm-hmm. it's as if drinking the night before has made them slightly deaf. <laughs> and it's like they need to let everybody know. It's like everybody's How in a play. How much fun they had the night Dude, before. Dude, and it's everybody's in a play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, we're listen, we're in a large theater, so when you complain about you can't really figure if you're going to go to Dubai or the Maldives, just can you really bump it up for a second? <laughs> like, just we need to hear. And they're just, they're so put out. Yeah. Oh. Can you believe... The parking outside. Can you believe that the valet was charging seven fifty last week? This week it's nine. I mean, I mean, I mean. And all they do call is, my senator. And all they do is just park your car three feet away. Uh, I can do that. Hello, and I that, can do and that. And that woman is driving home, <laughs> super drunk. That's our time. Do you want to plug any dates, bud? No, uh, just check my uh, check my pages, check my accounts uh, at Seth Shapiro on Twitter at the Seth Shapiro on Instagram. Come see me this weekend in Austin. I've got shows Friday the 26th, uh, Saturday the 27th. I'm there till Tuesday. I'm there for five days. So come and see me. I got shows every night. Check my social media at Jonathan Kite. Uh, follow us on at Kite Club Podcast on TikTok, on all the socials, you know, Instagram, YouTube. Please subscribe. And uh, yeah, come on and see me in Austin. I, I'd, I'd love to hang. So thank you so much for Jonathan Kite. For Seth Shapiro, for Emmy and Ben in the booth, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.